guys, welcome back. It is, um, shit, week nine? Ten. ten. Wow. Ten. Um, well, happy week ten. Happy fall. Um, my name's Mac. My name's I'm so Fiza. bad at doing, like, the introduction. I feel like we should be really good about saying, okay, this is Femdementalist. <laughs> Here are the I people know. you're listening to. It's always, like, a, a ten-minute <laughs> ramble, and then it's like, oh, this is Femdementalist, <laughs> by the way. This welcome. is what you're listening to. <laughs> Um, but yeah, welcome everybody. We're glad you're with us today. Now I feel like I'm doing some NPR show. That was a really random yeah. introduction. <laughs> anyway, uh, for people who celebrated Eid, we hope you had a really good Eid. And um, for people who are in the Northeast, we're glad you didn't get hit with Joaquin. Um, yeah. I wanted to talk about the Hutch stampede that happened in light of Hutch. Um, or Eid happening, there was, for those who don't know, um, the one of the pillars of Islam is, see, aren't you proud I'm actually introducing like, yes, Islamic I was, information? I was, I was ready to jump in there and be like, hey, what's Hajj? <laughs> what's Islam? What's but a pillar? Um, yeah. yeah, so for those who don't know, uh, one of the five pillars of Islam, or one of like the five uh, tenets of his faith, is this annual pilgrimage to the city of Mecca, which is where the Kaaba is housed. Um, and it has become this gigantic, like, to be honest, I don't even know how Saudi doesn't have stampedes every single year, to be completely honest. Oh, they honest. do. Oh. But, like, they of, do, though. of huge, massive scales, right? Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah. part of Hajj is, like, there's a very regimented process, like, there's certain things you have to do for your Hajj to count, um, and there is a huge number of people, like, in the millions of pilgrim uh, mm -hmm. pilgrimers. Jesus, this is what happens when we record at night. In, like, the millions of pilgrims um, from all walks of life, most do not speak the same language. Um, but so anyway, from just, like, a crowd control perspective, it's obviously very difficult. And this year there was a really horrific stampede that occurred, and the original estimates were, like, seven or 800 people that died, but then afterwards, Saudi right. was, like, JK, more like 12, 1300. And even that right. is probably, like, a gross underestimation. Um, right, not to mention the people that were wounded. Exactly, in yeah. exactly. And not to mention the people that died the week prior in a crane Be collapse. Before, right, right. 10 days right. before. Right, which I think was, like, collapse. another right. 200 or so. So, point is that... In addition to all of Saudi's other failings, as just citizens of humanity and, mm -hmm. like, guardians of the Holy Mosque, like, there's this huge problem that they're having now with Hajj. And, you know, they talk about, or there's a lot of, like, conversation about how Saudi's doing its best to control and how they're, like, limiting visas. Um, for example, if you've gone to Hajj in the past five years, they won't issue a visa, but... In reality, all of that is, like, bullshit, because if you pay enough money, yeah. or if you're, like, part of the royal family, Absolutely. like, you can come yeah. ten times a year for, obviously not for Hajj. Hajj happens once, but you can come for Umrah as much as you want, because really for Saudi, it's money in their pocket. Um, it's right. Like basically, their tourism industry. Um, so I yeah. read this really, really, really interesting op-ed in The Guardian about it from uh, a woman who had gone for Hajj this year. And she said something, like, it was either the lead or the ending of her article, but it was something along the lines of, 
um, I went for Hajj and I saw Muslims, but I didn't feel Islam. And so Hajj is supposed to be like, it's a tenet of the faith. It's one of the five things you're commanded to do alongside prayer, charity, fasting, like real spiritual, really like, um, connecting with God type things. And it's turned into this absolute shit show free for all. And it's only getting worse, right? Because population is increasing the number of muslims is increasing in the world and it's not getting any better and there's like no solution and again i'm fully recognizing like obviously i'm not the head of a nation state (laughs) i don't know how to control (laughs) three million people like i can barely get myself on the train to get to work in an orderly fashion um but i just feel like saudi just doesn't recognize the severity of like the danger that everybody is in every moment every single moment right i you know what i think they absolutely do recognize the severity i think they're just greedy Mm. i think they're just really fucking greedy and that's why they won't do anything what was their response oh this was during hajj they're martyred they're promised well it's not just their response right because there's a lot of muslims who will do the same thing and i i get it like it's cool i of all the places to die in the world I would like to die on Hajj (laughs) as well. It's pretty straight shot to heaven, but ultimately that can't be the only response. Like, you can say that, That but then also realize, like, shit, that's my mess up, though. Like, that's my bad that that happened to you. It's not on. It's not natural causes. Right. It's because you you guys aren't doing right. what you're supposed to right. be doing. You're not investing in infrastructure. Right. Instead, what are you doing? You're investing in vanity projects. Let's the build clock? the largest clock in the world. What is that going to do for you? I don't get it. They're literally. Bu- they're putting money into building the largest clock in the world for no other reason than vanity. To be honest, I'm really surprised people know how to read clocks still, to be very honest. Like, everything's so (laughs) digital. My sister swears. My sister can't do analog. She swears she missed that day in kindergarten. He swears she missed that day. But that's what I'm saying. Like the, the that they have these like vanity projects going on that's just that it's really just like about amassing fortune. And, uh, and showing it. It's not... Yeah. Right, and... and That's right. all that um, Dubai does as well, and fine, like, Dubai is not... Right, which is why respons- I, have, I have a problem with yeah. Dubai as well. But and also, like, Dubai is not responsible for the biggest, like, religious pilgrimage in the world every right. single year. Um, so um, they can kind of do whatever the hell they want. And atop... Uh, and this, atop of all of the other human exactly. rights violations that exactly. go on in Saudi, exactly. right? In Saudi exactly. Arabia. That you then are refusing yeah. or just turning a blind eye to your crumbling infrastructure yeah. blaming it on the people there rather than the fact that you aren't properly but you know what protecting Faisa, honestly like part of the onus lies with the people as well because they're building yeah, these like seven star yeah. hotels because people are going and asking for those rooms right so if we stop yeah. being such jackasses about it and said maybe let's just get more people to safely do the stone throwing rather than me sit in this like lavish air-conditioned tent maybe that's like our failing as a I people mean, yeah i mean i i agree i think it's it's on the both sides because i've I talked to people who uh, after this happened i asked a few friends of mine who've been on hunt um, and even my my um, brother who went for Umrah, which is... Yeah, I was um, just going to say, I wonder how happened. different... I mean, obviously, it's a lot more people at Hajj because Umrah, you can do any time yeah. of the year. But I wonder how different, yeah. like, the safety concerns are. And so I think Umrah same, also it, isn't as regimented in terms of, like, what you no, have to do. No, it's not. Yeah. Right. Um, but he said the same thing. That he was like, people were just pushing and obnoxious and that, you know, nobody's following direction. Yeah. That only... <laughs> he said that the only people that actually follow directions were, like, the Malaysians and Indonesians. Yeah. 
all the South Asians and all the Arabs just lost yeah. their minds and could not follow simple directions. And my cousin, who's been to Hajj, had said the same thing, that, you know, they would clearly state directions. She said over and for over an hour, they explained, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Everybody will have time. Yeah. Um, you know, to enter the the mosque and do what they need to do. It'll just take a long, it'll take a while, but you You will get get your time. Just sit patiently. And this is, she said, oh, for over, I think more, I think she said three hours where they just explicitly Mm. stated the rules over and over again. As soon as as they opened the gates, people just lost it. Well, that's just it, right? It's such like in the peak of everybody's emotions and it's so... Like, everybody's on this really energetic and spiritual high that they don't listen, right? And they're so convinced that they have to do X, Y, Z for their hutch to even be counted. And some people are spending their life savings and whatever. Like, for example, that stone-throwing part. um, One part of the hutch is uh, there's an area... I'm going to sound so ignorant because I know literally nothing about hutch, but paraphrase, (laughs) there's one part of hutch where uh, you're supposed to um, basically act out as if you're stoning the devil to like condemn him and it's supposed to be just like a real casual like throw a couple stones you know it's it's um not literal obviously it's like just this act of this gesture of doing it but you put the desis there and they start throwing like their shoes they start throwing like rocks they start throwing boulders and it's dangerous like there's kids there there's elderly people there um but desis I mean, that's bound to happen regardless, right? right? People are going to lose it no matter what. Because as you said, a lot of these people, these are the, this is their one trip right. they're trying to make it count, right? right? They've spent their life savings. They might right. not be and the most educated. Right, and they feel it. This is you know, maybe, maybe the they really they feel like take, Satan right? is standing right there and they really need to knock this dude yeah. on his head. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I get that part. I think, though, it's still... I feel like Saudi could do so much yeah. more in order to make sure that this stuff doesn't happen. Because this isn't the first time, this won't be the last yeah. time. I was reading a New York Times article about it, and, and the last paragraph was literally just listed every stampede. single stampede yep. that's happened in the past over 25 yeah. years. The first one, the, the deadliest one was in 1990, and like every couple years after that. right? Yeah. And every couple yeah. of years after that, like 200, 300 people died yeah. a couple of years after that. It, it literally like it, it's almost yeah, like and look it's, it's like not an only Saudi problem right like there's stampedes at concerts sometimes you know what I mean like some right. of these outdoor festivals um, I'm sure at other religious pilgrimages throughout the world but based on the sheer number of people and the sheer sheer number of resources Saudi has like what is the excuse here right what's the excuse you the don't excuse? it's not like you don't have the yeah. money to do it and apparently the reason the stampede happened is because this Saudi prince was there with his entourage Obviously. and they were pushing people out Obviously. of the way. And that's why yeah. it happened. So it's not like these people are just rushing like a mob. Yeah. It was because this Saudi prince yeah. wasn't following the directions yeah, himself. Yeah, and that's the you know? thing. Like, I think the visa um, bans or the visa restrictions is a really good idea, but they have to be enforced. I have family members who go for Hajj every single yeah. year. Is every it year. good for them? Every awesome? Year. Is it necessary? No. 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 Don't do it. Yeah. I have an uncle who goes literally every yeah. year for Umrah and Hajj. I have an aunt who's done probably Be- like eight or nine now in her life. Mashallah. Yeah. And because he has, he has connections, he has, the, re- he has the money to do yeah, it, and she's he got has that. friends there who are like, exactly. all right, cool, here's your stamp it's on got, your She's got passport. some sheikh friends, and they hook it up, yeah. and she's there, and she's there for like months <laughs> not just yeah. the 10 day hajj she does the hajj and the umrah and 
she's there yeah. for a long time. And so the thing is that they don't, they're not, you know, they, what is it, two, two to 2.5 million visas for Hajj yeah. that they issue? Yeah, they're a lot more yeah. than that. Let's be yeah. real. Because they're, they're, you're doing some shady ass backdoor dealings as well. Yeah for your friends. Um, and so there was an argument for, re you know, reducing it to 1 million because not, you know, it, you, even with the two 2.5, you're ensuring that most Muslims won't be able to do Hajj in exactly. their lifetime, right? right? So you might as well just reduce that number to 1 million yeah. and then they'll ha be able to better, have better crowd yeah. control. Yeah. Um, and then just invest in your infrastructure. Or maybe knock down the so clock. Building stupid like ass build clocks. Out, yeah. <laughs> build out the Mashid area. How's that? Build out the message. Build out, build out that passageway. That, yeah. Build out that bridge. Yeah. yeah. Those pictures look terrifying. I couldn't. Well, I can't yeah. do that shit. I, I don't look Super at that scary. stuff. I can't. Super scary. And then right before that, it's the crane clubs. Why was the crane yeah. there, friends? Yeah. Why you was the crane there? You have 11 months of the year to get your crane situation handled. Why does it have to be during hunt? Um Yeah, so it's really frustrating yeah. to see this stuff happen, and then it's people make bullshit excuses yeah. and it's like nothing's gonna um, happen right until next year yeah. like we had kind of a lot of attention about it and it was really unfortunate um i was yeah. surprised the guardian even published this really like it was a very candid um actually yeah. no i'm not surprised that the guardian published it i'm surprised that somebody came out and you know had this very candid um reaction to like what a shitty job saudi does of everything um yeah but yeah, is it going to change anything? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. I doubt it. I very mm. much doubt it. Because people are still going to be willing to pay the money totally. to go there and Yeah, so long as they get their brownie believe. points, right? The hell with everybody else. Right. I don't care who dies. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's not even about the spiritual enlightenment that you're supposed yeah. to be trying to not, achieve while it's you're just on marking it's off that box. getting it done. Yep. Check yeah. off that box. It's about and getting keep it moving. done. So who the fuck cares what's happened, how many people yeah. died the year before yeah. or will yeah. die? Well, as, long as, there, as, as, as long as I get it done and as long as I do it in yeah. comfort, I'm good. Right. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Um, and I think that's the thing is that they have that, they have that advantage. They know that there are what one point something billion Muslims who are willing to do what it takes to get to Hajj. Yeah. So why would we and bother? And it's a big thing to hold over investing. somebody's head, right? Because you know yeah. Hajj is a requirement, and so a lot of people believe yeah. if they haven't completed it before they die, then you know game over. So that's a, it's like a huge emotional manipulation. I mean, it's a requirement if you have the means and the resources. Right, but who's going I, to explain okay, that right? to somebody, right? Yeah. And then, but then if the, if the keepers of this place aren't doing their job, if it's, it's, if it's dangerous for you call to them do the this, is it really worth can't. it? If it's not, it's, I, sorry? I can't even call them the keepers of the mosque. It's yeah. Like, I mean, that's the thing is that that's what they have. They have that advantage. Yeah. They have that leverage yeah. because it's in their yeah. country, you, you know, so they the can say, they well, these are our yeah. rules. Talk you, some shit. You'll have You're to, never getting in here. <laughs> right. You either abide by it or you don't get to fulfill yeah. this yeah. pillar. Then what are you going to do? Yeah. Then who are you going to cry to? It's really unfortunate. Um, um, so I, I, I don't think much will change because they have that advantage and no one, no one, who, who's going to step up yeah. to them? Who's going to say, no one, hey, yeah, no one, no, I mean, I can, I'll, I'm going to boycott. I'm not going to Saudi until they fix yeah, that shit no one. because I don't believe in, I don't believe me going to Hajj being pushed around by people, possibility of a stampede because they refuse to invest in their infrastructure will actually help me, comp will, will make me complete or that, that will make my hudge like, accepted. That's just you know? it, like, right? I don't like think you I'll said, get anything out it's of it. only one of the many failures in their arsenal of failures as a nation right. state. 
or a kingdom right. or whatever they go as. I'm not giving, you know, and I won't, I'm not giving my money yeah, to them. Yeah, and nobody stands up to them for any of it, right? Um, yeah. There's also, like, this really interesting article. I forget what it was in. Shoot. Um, there was this really interesting article I read about how Saudi sits um, on the Human Rights Commission of the United... Oh, yeah, he's, like, the chair now. Yeah, of the United Nations. And there's, like, no other country that has more human rights violations. But they're, like, a decision-maker. And when you ask, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, U.S. administration official about it, they can't give you a straight answer because it's so insane. (laughs) It's so comically insane that they actually are, like, a seat holder. Women table. can't travel without a male chef. Bloggers can't blog without getting flogged. Yeah. Like, right. it's wild. This, and and oh, oh, there was that um, there was that fire at that school, and the mujahideen, the 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 religious police there, pushed the girls back into the school because they weren't covering their Jesus hair, God. and those girls died. I didn't hear about this. And you're gonna this. put people, you're gonna put that dude in charge of human the human rights committee. I did not hear about that. It was in this, um, it, yeah, it was, it actually happened. There was a fire at this school, and the Mujahideen wouldn't let the girls escape from the building because they weren't covering their hair. And so those That's girls That's why died. I can't take any sort of politics seriously, because all of this yeah. is all a game. The nonprofit mm-hmm. or the organizations, the private organizations, the countries, the liberal countries, the conservative, it is all a game. Nobody can say anything, nobody can do anything. Money talks, everybody else shuts yeah. up. Every other person shuts up. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it is really, really, it's really, really crazy. Scary. Yeah. Really scary and really crazy. Um other people I don't like this week. In light of our conversation last week on South Asian discrimination, is South Asian males, and this is not in relation to dating. That'll come in a later episode. But I have been noticing the past couple of weeks more so than usual that South Asian men have literally no courtesy in them whatsoever. And maybe this is a gross generalization, so I'll narrow it down to tri-state South Asian men. Literally, they have no courtesy, (laughs) no politeness whatsoever. Like, I work in finance. I work on Wall Street. Every other human in the world opens doors. Men, women, everybody opens doors. If you leave a door, if you hold a door open for them, they thank you. They smile. It's just, like, the basics of human interaction and human decency. South Asian men, zero Fs. Literally none. We'll slam the door in my face. I'll hold the door open, walk right on through, don't say anything. I get pushed on the train every damn day. Oh, God, It's yeah. really, it's really interesting to me. It's really interesting to me. I'm trying to, I don't think I've actually had the pleasure of working with any South I work with men, entirely too many. Which I'm... Yeah, I haven't I haven't experienced that. I mean, I've seen them on the train because they're usually staring me yeah. down because I've never seen a brown person yeah. before. Um, but I have not worked with them, but I am not surprised. It's it's literally awful. And I don't like I promise this isn't just oh, I had a bad day today, so I'm ranting about. This happens to me every single day. 
MDs on my floor, managing directors will like open the door for me, or if I hold the door open for them, will thank me, make small talk. South Asian men just like I don't they function like older men. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. this isn't even about like men. cool like young Daisy guys who think they're like too cool or whatever. It's not even about that. Yeah. This is like older like uncle types. Which is yeah. really sad. No, because uncle types are really fucking rude generally. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. I was so I was at um uh my friend's wedding, Manal, you got your shout out. She had a beautiful she had a beautiful wedding and had a lot of fun. Um but it's even, yeah, even the at, the, at the wedding, we were standing in line. They had a cappuccino espresso maker nice. thing, and there was a dude making everybody cappuccino and espresso. So it was taking a little longer, but it was like a really nice Touch. like yeah. thing to, to experience. Yeah. So we're all in line. Everybody's waiting orderly. Nobody's complaining because they understand that, you know, it takes time to make an espresso cappuccino. Yeah. Of course, there are two uncles yeah. in line yelling at the dude making cappuccinos and espressos about how he's taking too long and he needs to hurry up and they need to get somebody else to help him. Tri-state South Asians, what did I tell you? Tri-state South Asians. It's a problem. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, the dude turned around and he's like, yeah, I know. He's like, oh, you're... He handed him one one cappuccino. He's like, I asked for uh, two. And he's like, I'm making the other one. It's just like, no courtesy, no patience, no respect, incredibly rude. None. It's really sad. No tact. So I'm not. I'm not surprised that transfers over to the workplace. Yeah, no social. Well, that's what was so surprising to me, right? Because obviously you experience it in like social settings, but in the workplace yeah. where everybody is like a consummate professional or supposed to be, that was really surprising right. to me. Um, but anyway, that was my rant on that. Um, since you're talking about how awful stuff Asians are, <laughs> <laughs> no. So there's been, I've, I'm sure everybody who's South Asian has noticed this boom of like South Asian actors in everything, um, or just or in the or, arts, no, yeah, South Asians like in the everywhere, arts, yeah. right? In, in South Asians in the arts, right? Rupi Kaur is coming out with her book Milk and Honey that I'm really excited about. Um, what you might call it, uh, uh, you know, The Daily Show is has Hasan Minhaj and all of that. We talked about this before, like Azeen Sarik, Mona Diani, and now Just Rain. The new thing, Just Rain, who's... I, Love I, of my life. I, was like, I just saw that he's updated his Snapchat and I'm really excited to watch it. <laughs> Literally, his Snapchat is one of the only reasons I'm on it now. It is Snap, the his funniest. The best. I literally check his Snapchat before I go to sleep, and I laugh like a maniac yeah. in my bed. Yeah. And I feel really creepy, yeah. so then I put my phone he away. Hasn't, yeah. He hasn't updated his Snapchat in a while, so I was a little concerned. He's literally... But I just saw that he did, so, so I'm funny. excited to watch he's that. So fu- he's so genuinely this. funny. Yeah, there's like yeah. zero he's like, corniness. He, he could, he's just so. I bizarre. could imagine going to college with him and just like laughing yeah, my ass dying. off all the time, like hanging out yeah. with him, and him being hilarious, um, and having just a crush rain, on him. Just you're welcome. Free advertising. Don't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. Don't worry. About we got it. you. We got you. Just rain. Um, just rain. And uh, now, obviously, Quantico, because Priyanka Chopra's face is everywhere. Um, and so, I personally, when I saw the trailers, I thought it looked real dumb. Yeah. But I was like, you know what, like, good for her. Um, I'm glad she was able to make that crossover from Bollywood yeah, to has Hollywood. has anybody else um, done I, it? In, like, I know in movies Ashuri they have, I but had, for... Yeah, Ashraya Hai had the terrible Pride and Prejudice yeah, but remake. Yeah, not for a just, show, right? I don't think anybody's successfully done it. Not, not to say TV. that she's successfully doing it, but... No, um, yeah. Not not for TV. Not nobody. I mean, there's no South Asian Bollywood actor that is crossover and is a a lead 
for a yeah. show. No. Yeah. On a major right? network. Um, they, right, on a major network. Like, Anupam Khair and Irfan Khan have been featured. There have been characters yeah. in a lot of things, and yeah. movies and, and TV shows. Um, but no one's been a lead, like, yeah. especially a female lead yeah. like her. Um, yeah, it's so a pretty boss move. I w- yeah, it is, absolutely. And props to her. And uh, friends of mine I know who I don't have a TV at home, or else I probably tune in just to see what it's like even though i think i thought it looked really stupid but i have friends who were like watching it be, to watch for her yeah um and i, well, think, she I mean has i think incredible it's cool. star power in the east right like yeah. she is a legitimate superstar in yeah. um, south asia and i'm sure like southeast asia as well yeah yeah i mean i'll take your word for it because i don't know nothing about bollywood but she's beautiful yeah no she's um, she's up there she's very pretty and she was Miss World and Miss India. Yeah, I guess she's hot as hell, dude. He'd have to be Miss India to be Miss World, she's right? Hot that's the deal. She's hot as hell. But, um, so she, she's a lead in this show, and she plays a character named Alex Parrish. Um, oh, she doesn't even play an yeah. Indian? She plays, so I just looked it up. She So I, when I heard that, I was like, Alex Parrish, like, how are they going to explain what she looks yeah. like? Apparently, she is half... Latino. And she has an accent, right? <laughs> so I was like, how are they doing yeah. this? Um, but she's half white, half half Indian, and raised in India or okay. something like that. That's the, her background, okay. right? But her name is Alex yeah. Parrish. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, and then there's... Um, I found out that Mr. the lead of the show, Mr. Robot, which is on FX, I want to say, which is like critically acclaimed. I'm, I haven't started watching it, but it's on my list. Um, it's supposed to be very, very good. The lead of that is this kid named um, Rami Malek, who's this Egyptian-American actor. Okay. But he plays a white guy named Elliot. All um, white. And then... Not half-seas? Yeah. No. Okay. Um, and then then there's uh, Kumail Nanjiani, who I've mentioned before, is this Pakistani actor. Uh, you've seen him in Silicon Valley. He's a comedian, actually. Um, and he he's in the reboot of X-Files, which I'm very, very excited about as well. And he plays a character named Leonard. Which I don't know what the background is for that character, um, but there was an interest. So he plays this character named Leonard on the X Files, and I follow him on Twitter. And somebody had written an article about kind of ethnic erasure, mm-hmm. um, and ethnic erasure is basically when you whitewash um, an actor's background, like and, yep. you know, so. When you, when you Bobby Jindal it, you know, okay, I'm. I'm when sorry? you Bobby Jindal it. Yeah, you Bobby Jindal it, kind of. Like, you write this role, and usually because it's Hollywood, it's a white, you know, actor, but then you cast a person of color, and, and instead fit. of adjusting the role yeah. to kind of fit this the way the person looks, you say, oh, we'll just keep him yeah. white, um, because it, if, we, if we try to explain his ethnic background or make his name ethnic, then we will distract from the storyline. Yeah. So you whitewash over yeah. it. Um, and so this article is claiming that, you know, that... The, you know, it's great that there's this boon of, like, South Asian American actors and comedians in, in the media and artists and whatnot, but this this problem of ethnic erasure comes into yeah. play when you have these characters named Alex Parrish and Elliot Smith and Leonard whatever, yeah. right? When they clearly look Indian or they look ethnic. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really interesting because I didn't... I was I, I was kind of aware of it when the Alex Parrish... When I found out her name was going to be Alex yeah. Parrish. Um... And then when I heard that, you know, his name, that the kid from Mr. Robot is actually Egyptian, um, 
I was like, well, well, why wouldn't they just be like, okay, you know, just give him a, a funky last yeah. name, you know, or just explain yeah. that he's, you know, like millions of immigrants, right. you know, either was brought yeah, here. Yeah, I wonder like how much of an explanation here. is really even needed. You know what I mean? Right, it's not needed exactly. It takes literally two seconds, yeah. or you don't even have it really to mention focuses it. Just give on him like, well, I can't really connect to this character because I don't know where he was born. Right. <laughs> Right, because I, I wasn't sitting, when I was watching TV growing up and I didn't see any South Asian actors, I never was like, I can't connect exactly. to this character. This character isn't relatable because they don't look like yeah. me. Nobody thinks yeah. like that when they're watching yeah. shows, you know? Either and it's like a good story and it draws people color. in and your characters are relatable as humans, or it's not. Right. Yeah. And I think maybe that's because as a person of color, I never got to see that growing yeah. up, so it was never something that I was aware yeah. of. But maybe as a person, as a white person, I'd look at this character and be like, oh, why are yeah. they... I don't know. I feel Colored. like I'm a lot yeah. more laissez-faire about this. I feel like on some days I attribute this to kind of this victimization complex that we speak about a lot. And I think this also right. plays into like social media giving everybody a platform to just like dissect everything. You know what I mean? Like you said, when you're watching a show, you're not necessarily like, well, this isn't correct and I can't relate. To you know what I mean? Like either you feel it right. and you feel it on like an, a human and emotional, like what are my favorite shows? Currently Sons of Anarchy, I'm obsessed with it. What can I relate to white right. trash bikers in California about who like right. kill and murder and wreak mayhem? Every I cannot relate to them in any way but I still binge watch it like insane for the second time over because it's a dope show and I just connect to it. Not because I like relate to it in my life, but it's just a very compelling... It's entertaining. Right, and it's very yeah, compelling yeah, and the characters written well, are written right. exactly. Like you can fall into it. Um, right. Uh, so I don't watch only like Indian movies or only Indian shows, which, you know, right. I would relate to more as a person of color. Um, so part of me feels like this is just kind of the social media disease of everybody feeling the need to weigh in on everything. And um, the social so, I mean, media making us, like, so combative and, like, so almost belligerent about everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, so, so usually I'm, I mean, I, at first I was like, maybe this is one of those nitpicky things. Like, all right, you know, this is not a battle we need to fight. But then I was like, wait a minute. If their excuse is, oh, well, we didn't, ex we whitewash this character or we didn't want to explain that this person looks this certain way because yeah. uh because it would just their like hollywood's reasoning for mm. this whitewashing this ethnic erasure is because they feel like it will take away from but the Fosa, character don't you think also like our society just isn't there yet like south asians are just now starting to come into the arts in gross right Black Americans have been doing it for a very long time, and even they still have this argument. Even take away race, even just look at it strictly on a gender basis, like, there's still such a huge yeah. disparity, and this underlying tension, and a conversation that hasn't quite bubbled up the way it should have yet, between um, female actors and male actors, and the huge disparity in what they earn, and, like, the huge disparity in how they're casted, and what their roles are like, etc. So, I feel like it's almost not our time to be having these conversations. I think the focus right now should be on getting people to come out and do this stuff more. Like, we're now starting to see comedians and, like, serious yeah. actors and journalists and radio personalities and DJs and artists and all that stuff, and I think that's phenomenal, and I think it's super dope, and I think they put out such cool stuff, but I feel like we're still really young in the game. But I think that's the perfect time to have that conversation because that, I feel like that's a... 
I mean, honestly, I think that's a bullshit excuse. I think saying, oh, well, it's not time yet, it's not time yet, it's not our time yet. If we're, if we're waiting for the patriarchy or if we're waiting for the status quo, we're waiting for these people who are in power to notice us, well, to no, no, give I us our time, we're never going to get it. I don't it. mean it's not time for us to have the conversation. I just mean, like, these decisions are prompted by or driven by strictly money, right? Strictly financial monetary reasons. They're casting, but, uh, they're whitewashing because, because they think that it's going to distract or detract viewers. If they right, have, but that's like, not a, true, right? Because look at Bend It Like Beckham. That was they, they thought that wasn't going to make them any money. It was a runaway ex- success, right? It put Carmen Denagra on, on the map, and she went on to do, like, ER, and now she's in a bunch of other yeah. things. It put that's freaking, fair. what's her name, Kira Knightley on the yeah, map, right? Fair. And she she was Nothing. the one who yeah. was, she became more successful yeah. than the lead character, yeah. right? Because she's white. So I think that's a bullshit excuse, and I think that gives um, them way too much credit. Yeah. Because it really doesn't take much Maybe time the answer for you to is go like, through your... Some of us need to start becoming, like, effing producers then, right? And, like... Yeah, and that's the thing. is like, it's not that easy, yeah, right? Because if they're saying, oh, well, ethnic erasure is okay because, you know, it's hard to write a, per- a complicated person of color, yeah. right? We'd rather deal with stereotypes if we're going to make this person Indian American or Egyptian American or yeah. explain that they're from a different country. Um, I think it's it's really not that hard to go through your script and change yeah. a couple of names yes. or change a couple of genders. Yeah. It really isn't, and that's like, I mean, the Beck. There's like the, that Beckdale test. Um, the what? Did we talk no, about this? The Beckdale test is it was. Um, it basically does this show pass the Beckdale test, which means do are two female characters talking to each other in like a scene together alone, and they're not talking about. Makeup. Um, gendered things <laughs> yeah. or men. Yeah. They're not talking about. They're talking That's about. Wild. Like, you know, like now, I'm going to yeah, so, apply that to every single thing I watch. Yeah, to every show you're ever going to watch, you're going to be like, wait a minute. Sons <laughs> yeah. of Anarchy definitely does not pass the Bechdel test. Yeah. Spoiler. So, um, so things like that. I feel like it's such a. It's saying it's not our time. I don't think that's. I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't think it's a social media thing. That's you know kind of blowing this out of proportion because now's the time to do it since we're seeing South Asian American actors Mm -hmm. take these roles that they normally wouldn't get. Because that's saying something. That means the talent is there, right? That means that people are doing these things. People are coming out. I definitely do not mean to belittle the talent in any way. I think for sure the talent is absolutely there and very like impressive and very unique and not just because of its like South Asian vibe. I think um the crossover talent is like I think we're doing really 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 phenomenal stuff um I mean more so I don't know if the following is there necessarily right so like Just Rain who I think legitimately is a creative genius and I'm like I love him because he's funny and whatever but compare him to like even a superwoman or like another like a Grace Helbig or whatever I think Grace Helbig is boring as hell I don't see any value (laughs) add in her videos um, Just Rain, I think, puts a lot of effort, a lot of production, a lot of thought, a lot of, like, strategy, and just produces really well-thought-out content, and he is at, what, 200, 300,000 followers, where some of these other guys, like PewDiePie, has, like, 7 million... Who are these yeah, people? <laughs> I clearly, I clearly spend too much time on YouTube. <laughs> Maybe we'll edit this um, part out of the podcast. But yeah. my point is, like, I just don't know if that massive following is there yet. So, I mean, I think that with Just Rain, his stuff is very geared towards the 
the South Asian community, right? All of this stuff is about, like, South Asian relations in yeah. Canada or in America, yeah. right? Like, dealing with that racial tension. Yeah. Um, but, like, when you have shows that have nothing to do with this stuff, I can see the argument from the other side as well. Like, well, if this show doesn't have anything to do about with ethnicity or race, then why even bother bringing yeah. it up? But if you're going to cast these actors, then why not just pay attention to it like why not just give them why why is the argument then it's not worth making them ethnic or making it apparent that they're ethnic because it'll take away from the story rather than it will enrich our story it will yeah. make the character more complicated yeah, and i think that's complex. fair because we are part of the fabric of this country right like every minute yeah. of my day is in in like completely enmeshed in south asian culture like i right. am an american i do completely american things as well um yeah yeah i sprinkle a lot of urdu in my conversation but i think that's I mean, a fair yeah point. that's the thing that's why i like i don't really do bollywood but i love planning my friends weddings <laughs> <laughs> you know there are my friends south asian weddings and things yeah. like that i love dressing yeah. up you know um but it's it's weird to yeah I think it's such a it's such a cop out for people for especially pr producers and writers and and artists to be like oh well I didn't this I'm gonna cast this actor but I'm gonna ignore the fact that he's a person of color because I'm not comfortable yeah. with it not necessarily just won't make me money or it'll take away so from my story just I don't know how to deal solution? with it so I think I'd one solution is like we as an audience need to be more vocally supportive of it but maybe also our actors or our talent have to push back a little more and say like and of course so much easier said than done i can't if i was yeah. priyanka chopra and abc was casting me as a lead it's not like <laughs> i would step to them and be like hell no i'm not taking this but maybe you know our yeah. talent does need to and maybe my last name should be patel instead <laughs> right i mean i get yeah, that yeah maybe our talent needs that. to push but then you look at like mindy kaling yeah. Like, she she obviously advocated for herself, yeah. and she did, you know, she has her own fucking but show, she, and she's Indian-American. She did and it like, for years, and she says that, yeah. right? She says, like, yeah. people look at me and think I just came up out of nowhere. I didn't. I've hustled so hard. For, yeah. So hard for so long. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I guess that's the difference, is that I think because people have just... I think as an audience, we start. We just saw. We're just seeing these people come up. So we're like, let's just take what we can get instead of realizing these people. Like Priyanka Chopra has been a Bollywood star for how yeah, many years? Yeah, she now? was like she's Miss not World new, or right? something. She's not an ingenue. She's back in she's like the early two thousands. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, she's been she's around. Been around for she's been around for a minute. Fifteen yeah, years, right? She's been around for the yeah. long haul, and she's just crossed over. Yeah. She's nobody new yeah, to South Asians. Yeah. Like, Kumail Nanjiani, he's been around for yeah. years. Um, Aziz Ansari, I remember seeing him, his first, uh, when he was first on the, com uh, like, the comic scene. When he was at NYU, Years ago, right? he showed up in, like, a flannel t-shirt and jeans yeah. at comics <laughs> in the yeah. city. Um, and, you know, like, he's been doing it for yeah. years. And these people work very hard to get yeah, where they sure. are. So I and so and I don't extra like, hard more, like, because the they have to break like their own right. societies or their own communities bullshit barriers as well yeah and I think and, and that's a I, I guess that's more my point is that they have had to work so hard to because they have so much counting against yeah. them that when they get to the they get on the scene and they get these amazing characters to get these roles and I feel like 
it behooves the people who are giving them these yeah. roles to then also acknowledge yeah. the fact that they are people I like of that. color. I'm right? convinced now. I like I like that last yeah. piece. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> that's it. I guess yeah, that's what I think that's what is, why, why do it? It's because they've worked yeah, really and hard. And they deserve and it. That and they've shown that right. they deserve it. Right. And that, you know, identity is, is not singular. It's a matrix. Yeah. And you need to acknowledge yeah. that. And, and, do, and, and it literally takes yeah, a and this no isn't effort like on your Sweden, part. Right? This isn't like Antarctica, where it's a very yeah. homogenous group of people. This is America. Right. This is... Where else, built by yeah, where else right, are, yeah. is it gonna fly? Right. Um, and so I think that's why my well, that's why I was when I first saw I mean Kamal and Jenny had like responded to the article saying like he knows a lot of Indians named Leonard, you know, like so I've never not, met one. Uh, Kamal, please <laughs> please introduce me. I've never met a Leonard. Um I have met a George. Um I met a George. but so he so I, I get what he's saying like his his ethnicity isn't necessarily integral to his story because i think he's only in one episode so you don't need to go into his backstory about where he's from yeah. whatever but at, for an alex Parrish, who's the lead role in this show that people are watching yeah. for her yeah. then it makes sense to delve into this or mr robot which is like critically acclaimed has had so much like people are really really interested in it i don't know if it won an emmy but like it's 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 doing very I'm so well interested. i haven't even You're heard of it i've literally been in a black hole of sense of anarchy I have like dreams about being uh, It's very bizarre. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so it's, it showed that I it's on my list. I'm definitely gonna watch it. I think it's FX I, or Showtime. Okay. Whatever. It's on cable. I don't have a TV, so you'll have to just look it up. It's called Mr. Robot. Christian Slater's okay. in it. Okay. Haven't heard that name in decades. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but when you 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 cast this Egyptian American actor, it wouldn't have taken you. It would have taken you two seconds to just uh find replace. Yeah his last yeah. name and made it a little ethnic yeah. and you wouldn't have had to yeah. touch like his entire backstory yeah. right you wouldn't have to create like oh well his parents came here yeah this, it's also you not know, a novel year, right where you have to write like chapters and chapters developing the character right. the character yeah, acts out their personality yeah and it's fine like i'm thinking like what you know i was born and raised in this country my story isn't any it, it's it's might be a little bit more complex than a than your average Amer- white American story, yeah. but I think that only makes it more interesting. But how much more complex than like an Italian American or a German American? Right, exactly. Right? Someone, yeah, exactly. Some and so to like anglify these people to like whitewash their backgrounds, I think is just really silly and lazy and poor writing yeah. on your part. If that's your like excuse yeah. for not changing yeah. your your word, yo, I'm convinced. Started out a little shaky. I wasn't quite there. You ended strong. You got it. Thanks. <laughs> well, I'm really well done. Now. Well done. Well done. Um, yeah. So that's why I was like, I was interested in this kind of ethnic erasure and like, and then we can go into like, then there's a the whole cultural appropriation yeah. thing. Then where's that line? Yeah. You know, for like, sure, oh, we're not the only culture or like minority dealing with this. There was all that rap beef with uh, Iggy Azalea and Azalea Banks um, earlier. Well, I mean, always in life, but um, yeah. Iggy Azalea was being accused of appropriating rap because suddenly she's like this white rapper on the scene and she blows the F up and other female MCs who may or may not be um, more talented than her don't get the same recognition and um, they kind of flipped it on her being like she's appropriating our culture because when you speak to her she speaks one way and then when she raps she raps with this like different dialect and whatever I mean I right. think she has shit music so like that's my beef yeah, I don't right. 
whatever. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, and now where she's she had to like cancel her tours and shit because there's like a lot of backlash. Oh yeah, and she like Twitter. lost like, her, her mind. Yeah, she became and, like, like unstable on Twitter. She like literally lost her yeah. mind. But I mean, I think there's two sides to that as well. I think part of it is you don't get to take my culture. Uh, like you don't get to come in and almost right. like belittle everything that my community or my race or my fill in the blank has been through over however many hundreds of years but I think the other aspect of it is but if you are recognizing that there's something about my culture that's so dope like by all means so for example even um there I feel like the cultural appropriation thing comes into play for South Asians in fashion because there will be like there was that um uh designer who was making basically really expensive Bashari chapels and selling them for like three four hundred dollars made of actual leather. Bashari chapels are sandals from yeah, LA. God. <laughs> hey, I'm one for two, all right? That's all you got. Fifty percent hit rate. Um yeah, they're like um a form of sandals that men in Pakistan I don't know if they were them in India, but they were them in Pakistan. Um and they're like really comfortable and pretty dope looking. So there was this designer who started making them for like outrageous amounts of money and people were like, oh my God, you know, they're appropriating our culture. There was a period of time where kusas, which is also a sandal, (laughs) were really heavy in the sandal game in South Asia. Um, But like all like the street vendors in New York were carrying them and that was another thing like, oh my God, they're stealing our culture, they're stealing our clothes or whatever. But I mean, it's cool. Is it? Is it so taking anything that, away from you, really? You know what I mean? I mean, it. Could, but the thing is, I think the argument with cultural appropriation is that it's it's only cool when white people do it. That we've been doing it for hundreds of years, and then suddenly white people like it, they take it, they monetize it, and they're the ones that are but making money off of it, right? But that's no, just it. The they monetize it, right? Like, they're just... Yeah. Everything is driven by money. That's all it is. Yeah, so I think that's what the cultural... But, like, the but Faisa, we, but we culturally like, appropriate well, I, as well. You know how many people... Like, I could, I can get on Etsy and sell Bishari Jeppos, but who's actually going to buy it from me? But if a white girl doesn't get her white friends to start doing it, then it becomes a trend. Yeah. So I but think that's I, I think the, it's also, I, like, where you are, right? So, for example, Pakistan, in Pakistan, I'm from Lahar, um... And there is a stretch of road in Lahore, it's called M.M. Alam Road, and that's where all, like, the cool kids go at night, and there's, like, mad restaurants there or whatever, and the bougiest, hippest restaurants are, like, the Italian restaurant, the Mexican restaurant, Mm. and they're expensive as F. Like, even I go there, and I'm like, I'm not paying this money. This is ridiculous. But the money is going to Pakistan. But it's, like, I feel like with that, Isn't that also, like, cultural appropriation? Like... Fettuccine Alfredo has no place in Pakistan. (laughs) There's no Pakistani that knows how to make it well, but we take that because it's like the hip thing and we're bringing it. Right. Uh, or you're just tired of eating salon every day all day, right? Never. Never tired. I mean, if you're in Pakistan, probably. (laughs) But that's, I think with that, it's just like you're not a pro, you're not. It's it's like hard to like just I like I feel like it's like ooh, that kind of just the definition of porn I know it when I see it. It's um with that I think it's the the people who would benefit from it are still benefiting from it. like a box I need to open up a restaurant in Pakistan is still gonna get that money yeah. right so some but somebody to start making pashari jumbo 
fashionable, some white person to make it fashionable, but money isn't going back to the little brown hands that make those shoes, right? That well, money who's is just to gonna say go in that the expensive shari chapel is being made by the little brown hands, right? They are. That's what I'm saying. They're made by those little brown hands, but they're not being paid American wages. But they're not being. Not nece- that money isn't going nece- to enrich their lives. I don't think lives. the four hundred dollar shari chapel is being made by a brown hand. Oh, you're saying it's not? Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. But like, you're taking that away from yeah. these people. You're saying, I like this specific particular aspect yeah. of your culture. I'm going to take it. I'm going to make it my own. I'm going to make a ton of money on yeah. it. And then thank you. Goodbye. You know? Yeah. I don't really um, have a problem with it. You're not going to convince me I mean, on this I think, one. It, I think, I think the, the reason it bothers me is because it's just, it's just when white people do yeah. it. That's when it becomes cool. So I for me, it's just like if you're if you're recognizing, even if it's just because you see the monetary value of if of it. But if you're recognizing that there's something about my culture, my ethnicity, my way of life that you think is cool, cool enough that you want to bring it to the masses, or even if you're not bringing it to the masses, right? Cool enough that you want to do it. I think that's really dope, and I think. I mean, there's As a way the, to do it. I think there's a way to do it and say, like, okay, this is, I, I saw this really beautiful thing when I was in my travels abroad, and I'd like to bring it to the mainstream. Yeah, That's one yeah. thing. But for you to, like, start wearing cornrows yeah. or, like... But I, like I also that, feel like, like as the world becomes increasingly global, like, it's inevitable, right? I culturally appropriate from Arabs all the time. I have hamsas on every inch of my body. You know what I mean? So I feel like as um, the world becomes increasingly global, it's... It's inevitable yeah, that it's a, we're going to keep pro- like I, mixing cultures and like, yeah. taking a little bit of this and yeah. I mean, I think I for, think for uh, you the bigger problem big is like the mass marketing of it or the mass the production. mass marketing of it and then the the kind of um, the ignoring the history behind yeah. it, right? So especially I think it's a, it's a definitely a problem with like black culture and black history, yeah. right? So you're gonna wear cornrows yeah. and you're gonna make twerking cool, yeah. like Miley Cyrus, yeah. but you're not recognizing. Yeah, you're gonna say the n word ha- because you think it's cool without. Acknowledging right. all yeah. the and then, but decades the, you're, of you're take your like the you know women's black women's sexuality yeah. has has been an issue for hundreds yeah. of years, right? You like it's just de- you dehumanize them, you oppress them, yeah. and then you take certain aspects of their culture that you think is cool yeah. and monetize it for your own benefit. Yeah. And I think that's what the problem is: is that you're not putting up the people, right? You're not saying, "Oh, this culture is really great." Yeah. It's like I like this one little thing. Yeah. I'm gonna take it for myself. Yeah. I'm gonna make a ton of money yeah. on it, and then I'm gonna ignore yeah, you and oppress fair. you. Yeah, that's fair. And when you're making the money, you're not necessarily saying like, "This is from such and such region in Pakistan." Right. You're just saying, "Here are some cool shoes. Buy them." Yeah, and that's what I think. That's what the problem. That's why I like Honey so much. And we talked about this in the, our Honey podcast a couple weeks ago. Too Honey or not too Honey? Too Honey or not too Honey? Is because he, he doesn't. doesn't do he he. Yeah. There's a fine line, yeah. right? He flirts with that line, and it's not so much this white savior thing. I think he he uses his platform to let people tell yeah. their own stories in their own yeah. voice. And like his it's title like says it all. It's literally the humans, and I think he does a really good job right. of keeping that authentic. Yeah, like he's just you know he's there behind the camera but he's never taking their stories he's not a tourist in their yeah. lives right he's not just taking these stories and being like oh this affected me this way yeah. and so he just lets them speak yeah. for themselves today and I people s- take today what they- i saw a kid in the slums <laughs> right me so yeah or sad. i met this refugee and it made me feel so yeah. bad and it made me appreciate it made me, appreciate, well, no, he just made me hashtag them- blessed <laughs> right exactly yeah. um and so instead he lets them talk for yeah. themselves and gives them agency and gives them yeah. a voice and doesn't necessarily Whereas, look for only the real dramatic stories either right yeah because not every um, story is dramatic but it's still like right. pregnant and powerful in its own way 
Exactly. Yeah. And I think cultural appropriation is on the other side of that, where you take from these cult, you take away from these cultures what you want without recognizing their humanity. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Am I two for two? No. You're like you're no. like one point two five. One and a half. You're like one point two five for two. Okay. Not All bad. Right, cool. Not bad. All right. Still yeah. passing my book. Yeah. So I think I think that's the problem that I have with like certain certain aspects. I don't think everything's cultural appropriation. Yeah. Um, I don't think like white girls wearing good these are cultural appropriation. I think the bindis thing kind of bothers me because I mean, you don't I know just think like it's the. Ugly, but... That's fine. That's yeah, I mean, you just you don't you don't know what it means yeah. to people who wear bindis, yeah. so don't do that. Yeah. Um, or like the feathered headdresses, like the Indian, yeah. the Native American headdresses, don't fucking do that because yeah. y'all motherfuckers oppressed them for how yeah. many years? They still yeah. live on reservations. Khloe Kardashian like, talking to you. Do you remember that thing yeah. blew up like a couple months ago where she had it? I think yeah, she wore yeah, it yeah. at like North's birthday party. Yeah, um, and so like things like that. I think that that's kind of just gross when you. Yeah, when you uh, take away, yeah. or you ignore the history behind yeah. these things, and just like, oh, this is pretty. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear it yeah. without realizing, like, okay, these people have been doing this for hundreds of yeah. years, and those people you don't recognize. And because as... of their doing this, they were killed. Yeah. Right. Fair. So that part I'm not cool with. Um, that's a lot of ground that we covered. I don't even we know did. what the moral can be there. Oh yeah, yeah. So the moral of the story, I think, with H- the Hudge thing is um, get it so together, Sally. Get, together. <laughs> get your fucking act together. Awful. Get it together. Yeah, I just like that's. I don't even and have also, words for like, you guys. I, I, I can't tell you to not go to Hudge, Hudge multiple times in a in your life because if you have the means and you have like the desire and you have the calling, that's cool. But maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> maybe just think about yeah. it. I'm Maybe not saying, but why. I'm saying. Just don't yeah, do it. Yeah, think about why. Talk yeah. to people who have gone on Hudge. Talk to, like, figure, what are your actual, you know, what were your actual yeah. experiences? Did you feel enlightened? Did you feel good about no, it? No, even know, if when you, you did left, feel like, enlightened it, and good, like, you fulfilled your yeah. obligation, right? Give other people a chance. Yeah. Give other people a yeah, chance to, like, do it and make it out alive. Attention. Yeah. Um, and then so the, and then also just stop um supporting these oppressive regimes yeah like outside of outside of hudge like what is so doing to their own people yeah. like look at that and do you really feel comfortable yeah. spending money in this place yeah. because i that is not cheap and it's not islamic it's not islamic the, at the luxury end of the day, packages can go up to like 20 grand that's no that's not why you're that's there that's not why you're there that's not Islamic. Yeah. If you're if you're you believe you know you're a Muslim and you really believe in it, blah blah blah. Look at the whole picture. Um, also, there's a lot of Saudi princes. So if any of you would like to join us <laughs> as a guest speaker, yeah. we'd love to have you. We'll there's be nicer. There's so many Saudi princes. I think my mom actually knows one. I'll <laughs> we'll ask be her. nicer to you. Yeah. Um, and then the other the ethnic erasure thing. If you're a South Asian writer, if you're a South Asian artist, make make your voice yeah heard. and stand um, up for it and if you're not if you're just if you somehow you came across this podcast mm-hmm. and you're not south asian and you're an artist think about think about the character you know the the art that you produce and how ha- and and the art um, that you support if you're a writer think about the characters yeah. you know and support and and, and support support ar- artists who look different yeah. from you and if um, you're a south asian uncle who works with me stop being so mean man if i hold the door open for be, you just yeah, be, just south smile asian at uncles, me it's all i do i do th- that is a problem just that is south nice. asians in general just need to learn how to Act. like you need just to learn social, how to behave 
Yeah. Just learn how to behave in public. Social cues, yeah. friends. Don't um, let me see any of you on the Northeast Corridor line tomorrow. <laughs> Kill all of you. And then with uh, cultural appropriation one, don't say the N-word. Don't. Ever. Uh, ever. 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 Say the ever. N-word. I don't know why I have to have this conversation. I feel like ever so often, just don't say the N-word. It's not for you. It's not for you. Um, and be aware of uh, people's histories. Cultural, you be know, sensitive. Cultural competency is a word I learned. Be sensitive. I like that. I like that term. Cultural competency. Oh, I know what else I learned, actually, which is really cool. I was watching this interview with Juno Diaz, who's um, Love the Love his of, books. Um, Os- the one, Brief and Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde. What was the other uh, one? Drowning? Uh, yeah, and I there think? was another one. Um, he also has these weird titles. Not How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Not even close. <laughs> Something along those lines, though. <laughs> Wasn't you no, yes, it was. Shit. Okay, you keep talking. I'm gonna Google this. Google it. So, Juna Diaz was. I was watching this interview, and he said, "This is how you lose her." This is how you lose exactly. her. Exactly. Yes. I yeah. was close. This is how you lose her. You were close. You were close, but you weren't close. <laughs> I was um, close with the Kate Hudson that, yeah. movie, so not right. close at all. So he he mentioned cultural capital. Yeah. Which I thought was also very cool. Um, so, like, certain things, like, Star Wars to a certain generation carries a lot of weight, cultural weight, right? Like, Harry Potter to yeah. us is, like, it carries a lot of weight, but but Star Wars might not have an, as an, uh, as much cultural capital right. because it yeah, was so I think a the, different generation, I think so, like, the things like that. Distinguishing factor there is we... It's inevitable that we're going to co-mingle cultures as the world yes. progresses but like you said just be sensitive to the realities that any particular group or culture has experienced so you can do it in yeah. a respectful and tasteful manner don't be a shithead about it yeah so if you're veering into like Rachel Dolezal territory yeah. you might want to reevaluate your life choices yeah. um and don't wear feathered headdresses and don't wear bindis yeah Unless you're Indian. And don't pay $400 for a Peshawari chapel. Like, literally, you can get it from mm-hmm. Box Just financially speaking, Poor you can Park make Sun, better decisions pay, for yourself. Just, you know, get it directly from the manufacturer. <laughs> you Ooh. can make better decisions <laughs> for yourself. Pay that little brown boy that made it for you. Yeah. Word. Um, All right. But, yeah. So, I think that's, yeah. That was kind of, yeah, it, it went all over the place, but I think it kind of comes together. In, in some way. Frenzied fashion, Yeah, there's yes. some thin cool. line connecting all of it yeah um oh and i know i think we mentioned in the last we mentioned the last two podcasts that we're gonna do a, a dating we are um podcast we are we just ran into we're we're our we're, guest we have a guest speaker yeah, has malaria around her schedule so, she's <laughs> malaria which feel is better. the most amazing excuse this guest speaker <laughs> the most amazing excuse i don't know if she's uh, she decided if she wants to be so anonymous we'll be yet or in two not weeks but with um we'll some dating tips and stuff like that. So if you're on Twitter, tweet at us. I'm at ColdShoulderCat. Mehek is at... Nisi, N-E-E-C-I. And on Instagram, I'm Mehek Jamil. And Faiza is the Cold Shoulder Cat. Just to switch yes. it on, y'all. <laughs> yep. And you'll see lots of pictures from Manal's beautiful wedding. And you'll see her beautiful face. Happy, happy, um, happy face. Her happy, happy yeah. face. Um, and so, yeah, shoot us... Everything. A tweet comment let us know how you feel blah 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 we're always open to suggestions um and we'll talk to you guys soon. yeah have a good night life week 
everybody. Bye. All of that. All that good stuff. See ya. Alrighty. Bye-bye.